Listening to the sermon podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. It's a fun little series, hasn't it been? Pretty fun. And people enjoyed this series so far. Uh, today's the, the the wrap up to that, and so I'll, if you saw some of those questions and you missed that, you're like, "Hey, that's a great one. I wish I would have been here for that." You can't be there for that. You can go watch it online. Um, and so we're wrapping up today with uh, what's the deal with baptism. Um, we happen to have our baptismal over there, warm and ready to go, uh, pictures and cameras and all that stuff available for somebody. But we don't know if anybody's going to get baptized, but we just wanted to be prepared just in case today was your day. As you educate and are educated and learn more about baptism, what it means and what it looks like in your life. And if you get called today, uh, maybe, maybe today's your day. So after the service, uh, we'll have opportunities if anybody's uh, being moved in that direction today. So baptism is kind of weird if you're an outsider and you don't understand the church. If, if let's just say you didn't know anything about the church and you saw me with some water and I had somebody and I was just like, Gah! what would you think I was doing to them? Drowning them, washing them, doing, like you might come and just kick me right in the head off of them and be like, and save them. And you're like, I saved them. And so, like, when you think about, like, baptism and the act of baptism, uh, it can be weird if you're not inside of the church. It kind of can be weird if you are inside the church. And you're like, oh, what? Stop. Don't kick me. They're becoming a Christian. You're like, oh, well, why are you doing that to them? (laughs) And there's a lot of history around baptism. Can you imagine at a U of I graduation, you're like, you get graduate, you're walking across, instead of getting a diploma, they're just like, just dunked you. Welcome to the U of I club. We're glad you graduated. How about a t-shirt? How about a ring? How about a piece of paper that says you graduated or that you've been baptized? We give out pieces of paper too, a certificate of baptism. It's very important. There's history behind this. Here's our church's official stance. This is on our website. If you were to go to our website and look at what we believe, this is what our church believes about baptism, our statement. We believe baptism by immersion was both modeled and commanded by Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, as we learned last week. We believe baptism is only for those who believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. We believe one who has believed and confessed and repented should be baptized in a timely act of obedience. So I have some different questions I wanted to roll through with you guys. Uh, one of the questions I wanted to talk to is about who can, be ba- who can baptize? Who can do this act? What does that look like? Who can do this? Who can baptize people? I grew up, uh, I grew up at a Catholic school, not in the Catholic faith. And the priests were the ones that did the sacraments. And so it didn't count if you didn't have the right person with the right collar or the right things that would actually baptize you. Like it was sacramental. And as we look in the text and we look at what Jesus calls us to do, and we'll hit on Matthew uh, 28, 18, where he says, you know, therefore go and baptize. And he's telling his disciples. So if you consider yourself a disciple of Jesus, you have been given authority and you've actually given, been given more than authority. You've been commanded to go out and make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So Josh Gray doesn't have any authority to tell you what you can or can't do, but God has a lot of authority in your life. And so everybody raise your right hand and say, I do. 
That means you. You can baptize. If you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can baptize someone. And what a great uh, witness. If, if you've been a Christian for a long time, you're like, I've never baptized anybody ever. You're like, okay, cool. Today you're authorized, and today you're going to be shown exactly how and why we do what we do. 1 Peter 2.9 says, uh, but you are a chosen people. You're a royal priesthood. You are God's holy nation. You are God's special possession. Did you feel like you're God's special possession? Yeah. You know, when we were worshiping earlier, I was crying like usual, like baby, over here. And I had my hands up, and we were like, hallelujah, hallelujah. And I was like, I was like reaching for my, my father in heaven. I couldn't get like, come, like, yes. I want to be your special possession, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And you're this because that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You are anointed to be able to go and make disciples and baptize if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So why is water baptism so important? Why are you guys making a big deal out of it? In a Catholic church, it's one of the sacraments. It's sacramental. It's like a big deal. It's like, you know, weddings and like you make a big deal out of weddings and you make a big deal uh, out of uh, first, first communion. You make a big deal out of baptism. It's like a whole event. When I was baptized in the Catholic church in the fourth grade because I wanted to be like the rest of my buddies, I got first communion and baptism because I did the class. And neither of my parents are Catholic. My dad's not a Christian still. My mom uh, wasn't a Christian at the time, but I went to a Catholic school. And so I wanted to be like all the rest of my buddies, and they got to go up and get the thing. So I wanted to go up and get the thing. And so I, I got this. I got uh, my first communion and, and uh, sprinkled uh, as a fourth grader in the Catholic Church. Um, and I went to Mass whenever they made me to in my school, <laughs> whenever I had to. Um, but I got to do that. And then I had people coming up, walking up to me like, congratulations. And they were giving me money because I got baptized. I was like, this is a big deal then. Apparently, this is a big deal. Congratulations, here's a card. Here, it, they made a big deal out of it. So why is baptism important in the church, in the Christian church? It becomes a spiritual marker for you and I. This was the day that I chose to declare to the world what I'm going to be about. This was the day that I cemented my covenant with Jesus the Christ. This was the day that my earthly ministry kicked off. Fast forward. After my sprinkling baptism, nothing wrong with it. Like, that, that's what, what happened. 1995, April of 1995, I go to an Amway convention. I'm 19 years old. I'm going to get rich in Amway. And I go to this, uh, this conference, and they do an altar call, and I come up and I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Snot running out of my nose, shaking. I don't know, the Holy Spirit. It was, it was a quite traumatic moment for me. Three months later, there's another function to go to, to be rich in Amway, in Portland, Oregon. And I was really excited to go to this. I had found this Jesus, and I was going to get rich. I mean, like, <laughs> cool. And some people do. I didn't. Um, I didn't do the work. And so, uh, but I go in this, and we're sitting in the hot tub in Portland, Oregon, at this hotel, at this uh, function, and I'm there with my mentors, and my mentors, uh, I'm 19 years old, and they're like, we, and we, were, we talked about the Amway stuff, but then they wanted to talk more about God. 
They want to talk more about Jesus. Like the conversation was about God changing their life, not money changing their life. And so I'm sitting there in the hot tub and they're like, hey, like, would you, so you went back, they told me to go find a good uh, Christian-based church when I got back to my hometown. We tried the Catholicism stuff for a while and I was like, it just doesn't feel like I'm, so we went to a Christian church and, and I go with some Christian churches in Spokane and, uh, and that's what I was doing. I was on my journey starting to read my Bible. Uh, it was very difficult to read in the New King, or the King James. I was very lost in the D's in the house. Um, started reading my Bible and we're sitting in this hot tub and they're like, hey, have you been baptized? And I was like, well, yeah, I was Catholic church. I got baptized when I was like fourth grade. And they're like, no, no, no. Have you been like baptized by immersion? Like, what do you mean? Like, well, after you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're supposed to get baptized because you believed that and you confess with your mouth and you believe and you're supposed to get baptized. I was like, okay. When, like, when? Like, they're like, well, as soon as you're supposed to have done it like three months ago. I was like, oh, I don't know that that's actually accurate, but like, that's what they told me. I was like, oh, bummer. Am I, am I too late? Could I get baptized now? Where do we got to go do this? Where is there special water? They're like, we could do it right here. And there were three witnesses that were there with me. And I was like, okay. So I got baptized in a hot tub in Portland, Oregon in 1995. Praise God. So why is it important? Matthew 28 18, then Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. This is called the Great Commission. If you're new to church, this is like the send-off. This is the mic drop for Jesus. If you're new to church, he's like, boom, that's what I want you to do, go. He said, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. Go and make, it's Matthias, go and make students of all nations, even in Moscow, Idaho, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So Jesus Christ commanded his disciples, which we are trying to be those, to go and do this and baptize people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So point number one, why is it important? Because Jesus instructed it. It's like another he said so from last week. Because he said so. He commanded us to go do this. Second piece. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. For we were all baptized by one spirit. So we form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles. Slave or free. We, are all made, we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many. Baptizing, being baptized as a Christian is something that connects us throughout the entire world to other Christians. It is a marker of our life of something that we share in common. So it connects us. And third, it signifies a new life or a new birth from our old selves. It's something new, and we'll talk more about that. It's, it's some, something happens for us, and we're like, we're leaving this behind, and we're stepping into this new path. So why would people not get baptized? Why don't they? Or why won't they? I think part of it could be 
a misunderstanding of the importance of baptism. It's like super optional, whatever. I mean, it's not, you know, if you want to. No, it's not optional. It's not something if you want to. Being obedient to Jesus isn't really that optional. Following his ways, his methods, his plan for your life, when you claim to be a Jesus follower, isn't that optional. Maybe folks are more committed to tradition and you're thinking about like, well, what will my family think? So this was a big issue for me and my family, my wife's side of the family. My mother and father-in-law are really amazing people. They are super faithful, awesome Catholic folks. They love the Lord. They are generous with their finances. They're gen- they, are, they are great models, and they love their Catholic faith. And so when Carrie and I got pregnant, and we were having a, uh, having a baby, it was a big, huge deal to them that we didn't baptize them in the Catholic church Because as they understand it in their faith, you are putting that baby's eternal future up for question. And it was a huge deal. And we researched it and tried to have conversations. But it really, really, like, it hurt them. Because we didn't baptize our children as infants. And, like, how could a loving parent not want your kids to be? with Father eternally in heaven. But we couldn't rectify that with Scripture and what Scripture was saying as we were studying Scripture. And this is the part where tradition might mess you up a little bit in regards to, like, what we're supposed to do. And so it was a big deal for us. Maybe for some people it's pride. You've been a Christian for a long time. You confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You believed in your heart that he died and and was buried and then rose again on the third day. And you're trying to live this out, but you just never got around to it. And it would be really embarrassing if you had been a Christian for like 15 years and you never got baptized. So I'm not going to, I don't want to let people know that. Or maybe... The reason why somebody hasn't been baptized is they're really actually counting the cost. They're taking this, when they make a decision, they make a decision. And they're not just doing it out of a, for, for any other reason other than like they want to make sure that yes. And you're, maybe you're waiting till you get too perfect and that's missing the point of baptism because you're not, none of us are good enough. That's why we get baptized. We get baptized for God to wash over us, to carry us from, from certain death when we breathe our last breath to certain life and eternal life. So that's why. What is baptism? Well, the word baptism is transliteration of the Greek word baptizo, which means to immerse. In Hebrew, it is referred to as mikvah, which is an immersion. So let's take a look at this picture here. This is the Jordan River, and that's beautiful flowers. And this is not anywhere near where Jesus probably got baptized because it's above the Sea of Galilee at the headwaters, and it's really clean and really nice and not dirty and mucky and muddy and not the traditional site. But this is where my teacher took me, and it was awesome. I have rocks. I forgot to bring a rock. I have a rock that if, if the river still flows that way, that water probably flowed over that rock and then baptized my Lord. I was like, I got it. But this is the Jordan River. 
where baptism will happen. Uh, here's a picture, another picture of me fantastically immersed in the Jordan River. Not because I needed to be baptized again, not because, I, but I was making a spiritual marker in my life, a spiritual memory in my life on this trip that I got in the very water that Jesus would have gotten into. Close, uh, close enough. And that I was immersed and I was recommitting my commitment to the movement of God's kingdom forward through everything that I could possibly do to serve and love him. Me and 38 other people. And I had to be downstream because it was flowing so fast so somebody didn't float away. But it means to be immersed. Acts 8, 35 Philip the evangelist, began, uh, he began with this very passage of scripture and told uh, uh, this Ethiopian eunuch uh, about the good news of Jesus. So that's where it starts is this good news of Jesus. And this, uh, I love this, he began with that very passage of scripture. This Ethiopian eunuch is not in your notes. There are lots of notes for you in there today that say something about baptism. But this Ethiopian was reading this, this scripture and he was reading it from uh, a passage from Isaiah and he didn't understand it. And the passage he was reading was, not in your notes, not on the screens. Uh, he was led like a sheep to the slaughter. As a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived from justice. Who can speak of his descendants for his life was taken from this earth? And this guy was struggling with this scripture. He was trying to figure out what this was. And so what Philip the evangelist did is uh, he began with that very passage of scripture and he told him about the good news of Jesus. Now, what's the good news of Jesus? The anointed one is here. The Messiah had come and risen from the dead. Jesus invited all of us to live a powerful life in his name, to conquer death when that time comes but to partner with him right now, to partner with him today. You're in if you want to be in. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe it in your heart, the story of the resurrection, and you will be saved. I'm sure Philip the evangelist did a better job than that, but that's what I think he kind of said. And then as they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, uh, look, here's water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And he gave the orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When he came up out of the water, which would kind of say he was submerged, when he came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but he went on his way rejoicing. What happens after somebody gets baptized? Rejoicing. All the angels and saints in heaven rejoice over one person who repents and turns to the Lord and one person who's going to declare it in front of others. So what's the purpose of baptism? You're putting a spiritual marker in your life. You're putting a spiritual marker in your life of when you're kicking off your earthly ministry. And it mirrors what Jesus did. Matthew three thirteen through 17 the baptism of Jesus. So Jesus got baptized. That's a good place to start. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And, and do you come to me? And Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. And John consented. 
As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven was open, and he saw a spirit of God descending on him like a dove and alighting on him, and a voice came from heaven and said, this is my son whom I loved, with whom I'm well pleased. So God was well pleased with what Jesus was doing at his baptism. Jesus felt the need to go into these waters. Now think about this from a cultural standpoint. The Israelite people are desert people. They were in the desert for 40 years. Water is not, well, water is their friend to drink, but in that culture, like deep water, you're deathly scared of it. If you were a fisherman, you were like legit, like deadliest catch fisherman. Like you were li- like, they're like, Ooh, he's going fishing. He's, going. he's like 30 feet off the shore. <laughs> Woo! Oh boy. Like he's going over the rail. It was a big deal. So water, in their mind, think about the creation story, think about the flood, that the flood brought chaos to the earth. The flood wiped out waters, this chaos piece. Think about the Red Sea, the parting of the Red Sea. They got to get through this crazy wall of water to get away from these guys, and it was opened. And then what happened when they got on the other side? What did the water do to all those people? Boom! Death and destruction. Life for them, but death and destruction for those behind them. Water is scary, and it often means death. So Jesus comes to this Jordan River, and he could have been like, just like, hey, get out of there. What are you guys doing? That's water. That's chaos. But what does Jesus do? He goes into chaos. He goes into the Jordan River, into the middle of their chaos. He joins people in their chaos. Anybody ever been in chaos? Anybody ever needed Jesus to join you there? Amen. Is he afraid to join you there? No. You'll never be alone. We sang that this morning. You'll never walk alone. It was a picture of chaos in their life. And he comes down into the river and he, and he comes into their chaos. And he stood in the midst of this. And he said, you don't have to do life alone. And this is the beginning of his ministry. Look, if you had your Bibles, you'd look and see after chapter three, he goes and he leaves and he gets tested in the wilderness for 40 days. And then he calls his first disciples. And then uh, he does the introduction to Sermon on the Mount. And then he talks about salt and light and murder and oaths and eye for an eye and judging. And he goes through all this ask and knock. It kicked off his ministry. This is where he comes out and he's like, let's go. Boom. And he takes off in ministry. This is, Jesus is like, bring it on. And he goes and defeats Satan in the wilderness after being tempted. So when do you want to partner with Jesus? When do you want to say, bring it on? Would you consider stating to the world by immersing yourself by being baptized and saying, I'm dying to myself and I'm coming into this new life. And that's what we see Jesus doing. So why would you be baptized? Because you confess, I can't do it by myself. I need God's mercy. You commit to a new path. This was the old me. This is the new me. And then I kind of drift over here and one of my disciples grabs me and come over back over here, buddy. Get on the path. Stay on the path. Stay on the path we don't do it alone. It's a sign of you saying, I'm in. From my head 
to my toes. I am immersed. You know, you think about that in the verse, uh, Matthew 28. I uh, just was thinking about this this morning when you're going through that. He says, uh, all authority in heaven and earth will be given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples and baptize. Immerse them in what? In the name of the Father. Immerse them in the Father. Immerse them in the Son. And immerse them in the Holy Spirit. That's what we're saying when we're being baptized. I'm in. It's your sign that you are now a partner in this new creation. You're declaring Jesus as the one you will trust and the one you will follow. Colossians 2.12, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. You are going through death into life with the Lord. So, four minutes left here. Let's fly. Do you have to be baptized to be saved? Good question. I want to get to the heart of that question. What is the minimum I can do to get my get out of hell free card? What do I actually have to do to do this churchy Jesus stuff? Can I still drink beer? Can I do this? What are all the things I can do, but I can still get in? That's not the way that I'm excited about following Jesus. I want everything that God has for me, even the really hard stuff, because I trust him. I trust his character. Why wouldn't you be baptized? Now, the Bible ties baptism and salvation a lot together, but it isn't the act of baptism that saves you. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved. Through faith, and this is not from yourselves, this is a gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. The thief on the cross was not baptized, but yet he will be in paradise today. So this is an excuse that you don't have to get baptized, only if you want to just be disobedient to what Jesus asked you to do. No, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you just tell the world, hey, I've been called. The Lord is moving in my life. I'm going to try to follow him the best you can. Well, I might fail. You will fail. You have the best of intentions of just like never making a mistake again, and then you were human. And you made a mistake. But remember when you were baptized? Remember when you died to yourself and you were on this path? That path keeps going. Jesus knows. So baptism, salvation is a gift from God. We just read about that. He gives that to us. Baptism is our grateful response. Yes. Yes, I'm in. And I'm going to tell the world. So when should you be baptized? Today. Like, you don't have to wait. Now. We do all kinds of cool stuff at our church. We've baptized people in hot tubs. We baptize people in bathtubs. We baptize people in rivers. We baptize people in that thing over there where Adam is. We've, we baptize we, all of those things. So it's not the water that's special. You're God's special possession. You're the one that's special. That's just water that God gave us. But immediate obedience, when do you, how many people are parents in here? Oh, quite a few today. Okay, good. Do you guys like it when your kids 
are like kind of obedient later on where they're like, eh, like don't cross the street, maybe. Like immediate obedience is a good thing, especially if it's the right thing. And so we can look in the text and I buried you in your notes with text that talks about people making that decision and they're baptized. Now, is baptizing on worship night on October 9th and inviting all your family and friends over here to watch this this coming October 9th when we have our worship night and baptism, is that incorrect? No. That's fine. We're going to provide opportunities for that. But we're providing opportunities for right, for right now. It doesn't have to be a big, a big ceremony. You could be in a hot tub. I got a hot tub. You could be baptized in our hot tub at our house if you want. It's beautiful. But being obedient, not letting it become a stumbling block, not letting it become something that you were going to do, but something that you did. And you don't let Satan get a foothold in your Christian walk and not be obedient to him in things like this. You crush it today. You don't have to wait. Now, when people are around you and you're doing it in community, you have a life group or you have a church family, they are witnesses to what you're just stating and what you're doing. So we have lots of texts, and I'm running out of time. But uh, in Acts, you'll see it all the way through there. Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. And they're like, all right, let's go. Um, we have uh, uh, Acts 16, uh, 30 through 33. Immediately, he and his entire household were baptized. We have uh, Acts eight twelve. Simon the sorcerer and the crowd around him believed first, and then they were baptized. They didn't wait for the thingy, like today. Um, Acts 10, Peter is talking about the, with the Holy Spirit, Acts 10, 47, 48, and people were baptized. Lydia's conversion. Lydia, our good friend from the place where there was purple cloth, which we talked about several weeks ago. She was a God-fearer. God, but when she accepted Jesus as the Lord and Savior, she was baptized in her household. So let me show you how we do it. Randy, you didn't even know you were going to be a volunteer today. I forgot to ask you. Come on up. Come on up. Now, Randy is one of our awesome elders. Thanks, brother. Thanks for being a volunteer. This is, this is how we baptize. Voluntold, he said. <laughs> He's one of our awesome elders. So this is how you baptize someone. Let's talk about the functionality of how you actually baptize someone. So am I going to have to say something? In our church, yes. We are gonna, we'd have the mic over there, and if, if whoever's baptizing you, and you could have lots of people around there, there could be lots of hands getting in there, and some people might want to do a little extra for you. Um, but uh, when we baptize somebody, we have the mic, and we would sit here like this, and we'd be like, all right, Randy, first thing we ask is, are you here of your own free will? Yes, I am. Not on stage volunteering, but I mean, volunteering. <laughs> but in the baptismal, he's like, well, yes, I am. Okay, so nobody's forcing you to be baptized. Your parents didn't make you do it. You believed. You believe that Jesus is the Son of the living God. So we're going to ask that question. You know, so you're here of your own free will. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Absolutely. Okay. And are you today, by being in this water today, are you committing to following Jesus the best you can for the rest of your life? Yes, I am. All right. Well, Randy, because of your confession of faith, now, here's what we do here. We have Randy plug his nose unless he wants a, a nose full of that. And it also, gives, it also gives us a great place to hold on to, regardless of whether you're male or female. It's good. It's good. Got my shoulder right here, my, my hand on his shoulder here. Other people get in there, be people on his bald head, all that other stuff, right? And they got him like this, and they were going to say, Randy, because of your confession of faith, he's going to take a deep breath. Because of your confession of faith, we're going to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And we're going to 
and we're going to bring him up, make sure he's fully under all the way. And he comes up, and he's in, like, woo! We're all excited. Thanks, brother. Thank you. Thanks, thanks for being voluntold. So now you've been commissioned for you to baptize people. Could you do that? Could you ask them if they're there of their own free will? Could you ask them if they believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? Right? Could you ask them, are they going to try and follow him the best that they can for the rest of their life? All right, well, you've confessed it, and because of your confession of faith, boom. Does that make sense? So does everybody feel equipped, because we are the equipper of the saints, could you baptize somebody if there was a gun to your head and you had to? In front of thousands of people with a microphone. With help. There you go. Being transparent. So that's a community. The community can be around it, right? The community can be around. And the family around it has a part. You witness that. So you see drunk Josh in a bar. Hopefully never. But I'm just staggering out of bar and you're like, Josh, what are you doing? What's going on, brother? <laughs> Rough night. Come on. Let's go. I'm your guy. Because I was there when you made that commitment to follow Jesus the best that you could. And this probably isn't your best right now. You probably did some of your best drinking, but this isn't your best. (laughs) Let's get you out of here. And let's go hang out. Because you have a responsibility as a community when somebody gets baptized. To help them walk that walk. All right. What happens after baptism? What are all the, well, first of all, you get attacked. You've got to go spend 40 days in the desert with uh, Satan being tempting you. <laughs> I think you do get attacked, actually. Did that really count? I wonder. Like, there's all these things, but you have community, hopefully. So after you get baptized, you're partnering with Jesus to bring heaven crashing into earth. Just as Jesus stands with you in chaos, you go stand with someone else in their chaos. Because you know the way, the truth, and the life. And you do that. And so I want our church to be a baptizing church. It doesn't have to be on video. It doesn't have to be in this room. I love to hear stories. Greg baptized two people without my approval in Coeur d'Alene two, three, four weeks ago. No. It's not a number that we have to count. I don't have a quota for baptisms to, to make it at this church. It is a natural outpouring of what we're doing when we're making disciples. It is something we should all experience because we're making disciples and we're being obedient. So we're going to take this time and we're going to go into communion. We do communion every week at this church. It's so much fun. And I want, and then we'll do a worship. And after this time, if God's moving in your heart right now and you're like, ah, I was sprinkled, but I like, I'm, I feel a pool. Like I'm feel like I'm, I feel like today's my day, but I didn't bring the right clothes. You're starting to make up all the reasons in your mind, like why today's not the day. Throw those aside. Today is the day to be obedient to the Lord if he's calling you. We have clothes. We have T-shirts. We have shorts. We have towels. We have people that are excited for you. And if today is your day, and you didn't even know it, you didn't come here today to get baptized, and it's going to mess up your makeup or your hair. Uh, some of you guys you need a little hairdo. No. It's going to mess those things up. After we're, after we're done with communion and God's working in this, we don't know if anybody's going to get baptized today. Maybe not. But if it's you, if it's been put on your heart, like, no, today was my day. I didn't even know it. What I want you to do is make your way back to where Adam is. Adam's over in the corner back here where our baptismal. He'll give you uh, clothes, whatever clothes you need, all those type of things. 
And we can do this after service today. We don't have to wait. Satan doesn't get a foothold in your life. And so let's, uh, let's take communion together because this is why. This is why we do what we do. This is who we, this is who we are. We're, following, we're followers of Jesus, and followers of Jesus take communion. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he, was, uh, uh, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, this is my body. This is for you. Remember what happened on the cross. Remember what happened on the cross. Remember, remember, remember of how he took us from certain death to certain eternal life. So let's take and eat. In the same way, after supper, uh, he uh, took this, this wine, our cup, and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink of it and remember it for me. Remember his blood that was shed on the cross for all of eternity and remember what he's asking you and I to do. Let's remember. Father God, I just thank you for today. I thank you for this time. I thank you for your example. Your example on the cross, your example on the Jordan River. How you kicked off the ministry that God had called you to do after your baptism, Lord. Lord, I just ask that you would just be searching the hearts of everyone in here. That there would be no doubt, there is no need for no doubt of what you have for us, what your purpose is for us. There is no no doubt of us being immersed in life with you. And so, Father God, as we sing this song, I just ask that you would just be working the hearts if if there's anyone in here that they wouldn't wouldn't leave today without, without following your example without their own mic drop moment. And say this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.